My mom felt like I was a traitor because I wanted to live with my dad. I just felt like I didn't have nobody. I don't like to be left alone. Because everybody's going to leave anyway. So if you're going to leave, you might as well leave now. Go ahead and make your exit. If you rock with me, you rock with me. If you don't, peace. You can't do me wrong and then call me mean. I had a great love. Uh Uh-huh. And I knew I loved him when I checked myself on how I spoke. Ooh. I hit rock bottom. And when I hit rock bottom, I got in therapy. Okay, so stop. How did you hit rock bottom and what was rock bottom? What up, y'all? I'm Rajay, and y'all are tuned into another episode of the RXS Podcast. And we got another special guest in here. Yeah. Alexa Ray, how you doing? What's up? What's up? How have you been? All is well. Yeah. And love and fashion. <laughs> A week already. Yeah. Hey, what you been up to? <sighs> Just got through with a play about a month ago. What was the name of the play? Dream Girls. Okay. Yeah. So, what was your role in the play? I was Dina. Okay. Talk that, talk that, talk. So, tell me about the process of that. Like, how you auditioned and everything. How you heard about it. Tell me everything. Okay. Check it. So, um, I work with this dude that does a lot of plays. So... One day he comes in and he's like, Lexi, you got to try out for this play. I was like, what y'all doing? He said, dream girls. I said, oh, okay. That sounds fun. But I don't like to do things I'm not good at. So the singing part I knew I could do. As much personality as I have, I don't feel like I'm an actress. Okay. So I was like, mm. so I posted something on Facebook. And I was like, y'all, y'all think I should try out? And of course, everybody was like, yes, do it. Yes, do it. And I'm like, yo, <laughs> now I have to do it because I had to ask these people their opinion and everybody to say yeah. And then everybody's going to ask me, well, did you do it? And I ain't no punk. So I tried out. Um, dude told me to have my music and stuff together. So I said, what am I saying? So I actually was talking to Eddie Ellis. Junior, um, and he was like, your song to try out, that's very important. Yes, no, that's true. So I was like, well, I need help picking the song because I don't know. Yeah. I ended up singing uh, Through the Fire by Shaka Khan. Oh. oh. Who is one of my favorites. You sung a classic. I had to. But there's a story that goes into Okay, that. okay. Anyway, when I tried out, I thought I was going to get background vocals. That's what I wanted. I didn't want a lead part. I I was just trying out to tell people, well, your girl tried out. <laughs> it didn't work out. Oh, like It's cool. That's what I thought. <laughs> so when I tried out, it was around um, spring. Uh-huh. I have allergies. So I lost my voice. Yeah. At the beginning of the tryouts. And I was trying to like pray it away. <laughs> I was popping all these dirt allergy pills. It wasn't working. So I was like, I got to change the key of this song because I'm not going to be able to sing Shaka Khan. 
because I can't hit the notes. I was squeaking. It was bad. Yeah. Got my music together, then found the key that's uh, modulating it lower. I was like, <laughs> okay, I got this. Get into the darn rehearsal, the darn tryout. And I said, okay, let me um, turn on my music. She says, I want you to do it a cappella. <laughs> All right. But guess what? What? I just found the music 30 minutes before so I went to the trial. Co- so I key. didn't know the key, bruh. <laughs> so I sang it in the original key and squeaked. And I was like, yo, just let me start over. She was like, nah, keep going. I can't. <laughs> I, I said, I can't. She said, no, go ahead. You don't understand. I can't do it. So... I'm going off in my head like, yo, this is so embarrassing. I finished the song and she's like, okay, you're Dina. I said, what? (laughs) She said, you know who that is? I said, the lead. She said, yeah. (laughs) Come back Thursday. We got your book. (laughs) Shooketh. (laughs) Yo, I was like, I can't believe I didn't got this on accident because that's really, to me, at the time, that's what I thought it was. Yeah, I was like, yeah. I didn't mean to stumble upon this. I can't act. Mm. How am I going to learn to embody this part? Who is this chick? Because I just seen the movie. Yeah. Never had watched the Broadway play. Mm. And she told us not to look at the movie and stuff. It was a cool experience. Yeah. Uh, it was long. Okay. What was long? Um, we rehearsed Monday through Thursday for like three, four months. Yeah. And, uh, every day. (laughs) (laughs) Not a, people think I'm a people person. Some people will say I'm not. It depends on who you talk to. But I got tired of them folks. (laughs) They didn't do nothing to me. I just wanted to go home. I was like, okay, I'm learning. I already knew the songs. Yeah, but you had to learn the lines. I had to learn the lines. (laughs) And then I had to learn to sing with these new people that I had never seen before. Yeah. There was a few people I knew, but not really. So harmonizing with other people. Yeah. um, Dealing with a lot of tone deaf people. Oh. Yeah, that was tragic. That stabbed me. Oh, why? Why did it stab? That hurts. You so how did that? you know? Oh. I just know what it's like to be in situations where you navigate in those types of things. Oh, it was terrible. It was terrible. <laughs> it was terrible. And my grandmother kept telling me, it's going to get fun. Are you enjoying yourself? I was like, no, it's work. Oh. It was work. Yeah. And one of the main reasons I stopped singing is because I felt like it should be fun. And it felt like work. Mm. So, I won't feel in that. However, comma, with yeah. that being said, I didn't have fun to the day of the show. Wow. Yeah. So, showtime hit and you was like, oh, no, nah, we in there. I'm in my bag. <laughs> I got this. I'm going to eat this up. Yeah. Yeah, boy. Everybody's like, you excited? No. It's like, do you get excited for working without getting your paycheck? <laughs> like, 
after I do it, I will feel accomplished. Yeah. So, yeah. It was fun that day. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So after that, like, what were your thoughts about yourself as it related to acting? Hmm. I felt like I, I hit something. Like, yeah. I was like, okay. Mm-hmm. I think I done found my niche. So you would do it again? Yes. Oh. Yeah, I'd do it again. And you had never done it before? No. And everybody that I worked with kept asking me, is like, is this your first play? I was like, yeah. It was like, can't be. I'm like, yeah. Wow. This really is my first play. Yeah. Definitely would do it again, but I know what I'm getting into now. Yeah. yeah. Yes. That was, whoo. So before you did the play. Mm-hmm. How long had it been since you sang in front of people? I can't really put a specific time because um, I would go home for funerals mm. and I would sing for funerals. But other than that, I wasn't I wasn't doing it. And when you say home, what do you mean? Church. Your home church. My home church. Which is? <laughs> Evening Light, a.k.a. the old Mount Calvary. Let's go. So you would go home to do that? Yeah, always. And you grew up in that church? Yeah. How old were you when you first started going there? In my mama belly. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Uh, got saved and baptized at five over there. Let's go. Yeah. But then I moved around a lot. So okay. my um my bio mom lives in St. Louis. Okay. And my dad is from Wide Asleep. So, I refuse to call it awake because there's there's nothing awake. Maybe the talent. I'll give the talent. Godly, yes. The talent is awake. Yeah. But everything else is sleep. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The dopest people come from Wilson. I swear. So you um, did you go back and forth between Wilson and St. Louis? I did. Oh, you like St. Louis better? I do. Why? Huh. I like city life. Mm. Uh, Wilson is very slow. <laughs> um, there's nothing to do. That's true. Um, they're trying. They trying. <laughs> but um, really was nothing to do. And, you know, I lived in St. Louis, Missouri, where everything is grand. Mm. Like the malls, the stores. I came to Wilson and saw that mall. I was like, that's not a mall. <laughs> <laughs> like what so how old were you in st louis uh let's see i went back to st louis when i was probably five or six okay okay um did school there up until the fourth grade came mm-hmm. to north carolina did fifth grade and maybe sixth grade here went back to st louis and did seventh and eighth and ninth grade so what made you go back again to st louis Parental stuff. They, they, it was going back and forth. Oh, so they were kind of like tossing you back and forth? Um. Was it you or them? It was definitely them and court systems. Oh. So it's a custody thing. Yeah. It happens. So what was it like being caught in the middle of that though? It was strange. Mm-hmm. It also was very um, 
it was trauma. Like it was it was sort of heavy. And my parents have always sort of I know they loved me, but you know, they was a little like they yeah. did a lot of that barking back and forth. Mm-hmm. And of course, you know, as a kid, you feel like it's about you. It's not till you get older you realize that most of it wasn't about you anyway. Um, my mom felt like I was a traitor because I wanted to live with my dad. So to this day, we do not have um, a relationship like that. Because of that? Yeah, and other things. I mean, she was very abusive growing up, which is why I wanted to be with my dad anyway. So, um, you had to choose one struggle or the other. I mean, my dad is a great man. However, he was very uh, distant in the household. He was there. Can't say he wasn't there because he was there. But I didn't know he was fighting his own battles. So... My grandparents are my rock. Yeah. 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 Do did you find that those traumas and situations did they start to shape how you thought about people in general as Most you started definitely. to grow up? Most definitely. What were the things you were thinking? Um back then I just felt like I didn't have nobody. Mm-hmm. Um, I later found out that I have um, issues with anxiety. Mm. Um, I don't like to be left alone. Um, but then I prepare myself low key. Just because, in case. Because everybody's going to leave anyway. Oh. So it'd be like, shoot. Well, when your mama ain't feeling you like that. And your daddy there, but he's sort of detached, and you have to cling on to other people. So, And then you become accustomed to that. Yeah. So it's kind of like distance and abandonment mm-hmm. is what I'm used to. Mm-hmm. So I prepare myself yeah. for people to do that to me. And it makes you angry, and it makes you bitter. Mm-hmm. And um, I was uh, very mean. For a very, very long time. Mm. So I was like, what? If you're going to leave, you might as well leave now. Go ahead and make your exit. If you rock with me, you rock with me. If you don't, peace. Yeah. Did anybody ever tell you, like, Alexa, you mean? <laughs> People still tell me I mean. <laughs> you don't care? Um, I always look at the source. Okay. Depending on who the source is depends on if I take it to, to heart or not. Explain what you mean. You can't do me wrong and then call me mean. Oh. Because I feel like you get what you get. You you can't do me dirty and expect me to be nice. Now, um, I've been accused of being blunt and brash. I'm aware. (laughs) I don't mind it. But it also depends on circumstance. Like, you know, my grandma says, well, Lexa, you know, she has told me your words cut. And I had to sort of do some self-work, like, am I meaning to cut? And at one point, I was doing it and didn't realize I was doing it. Mm-hmm. So now when I do it, <laughs> you deserved it. 
<laughs> so it's a trick in the bag at this point. Yeah, yeah. Because I'm, I'm going to try to be chill. I'm still going to say what I need to say, but I, I think about what I'm going to say before mm. I say it. So how has that affected, like, your dating life? Um, just really depends on if I like them or not. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I had a great love. Uh-huh. And I knew I loved him when I checked myself on how I spoke. Ooh. Yeah. You loved him so much that you checked yourself. Mm-hmm. Oh. Mm-hmm. So, with that being said, it is safe to say that even in your situation, there are people who are worth checking yourself. For sure. Mm. For sure. Now I realize that. Yeah. That wasn't something that I always knew. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Did you get to a place now? So, where are you now as far as how that trauma affects you today? Have you done any, like, therapy or any, like, self-reflection? What's been your process? I hit rock bottom. And when I hit rock bottom, I got in therapy. Okay, so stop. At the end of the day, I would need to be comfortable with myself more. And because I felt like in order for me to be my true self or in order for me to have a big impact on the world, I need to be with a group of people that I know when that's not the case. I was kind of scared at first because I felt like I was going to miss them. My parents have told me many times that I have gifts and I need to use it and like people wish they could do what I do. And I was like, "Mm, I don't want to do that. Since I was really young, I really like to speak and make people feel better in life and it's just something i enjoy hi this is nay and that was nay's place if you want to catch more search nay's place on apple Podcasts, spotify and rxs entertainment youtube channel how did you hit rock bottom and what was rock bottom Uh, um i had some physical problems that were going on with me. Um, I almost died from septic shock mm-hmm. um, in 21, mm-hmm. August of 21. Um, had a assist, and I'm so used to pushing through. I have a really high threshold for pain, but how could I not with the life that I have lived? So, um, I kept pushing, and the cyst ended up getting infected, and um, I thought that it wasn't that big of a deal, Um, but then I've never been hospitalized, so what ended up happening, long story short, (laughs) um, they wanted to do a CT scan on me. I've never had contrast dye, Um, so they did it. I'm not hardly eating at this point because the antibiotics they're giving me is, like, real strong. I'm not realizing that I'm not peeing. Mm -hmm. So I had an allergic reaction to contrast dye, which sent me into kidney and liver failure. Yeah. And I still didn't think it was a big deal. Like, I have this thing where 
I deal with pain by cracking jokes. Mm-hmm. So nobody really ever believed I was sick mm. until I was in the hospital. Mm. And then it was like, okay, something's wrong. But even still, I was like, yo, yeah, still cutting up. I, yeah, I, yeah. I didn't know what else to do. So, yeah, hitting rock bottom. I went through depression um, because I went from being like 165 pounds to 130 in two weeks. Um, and that's basically because I couldn't eat. Yeah. Um, it was a uh, strenuous. Um, and that love that I had, he was there. Mm. Um, which also made me feel better. Um, that's when I figured he loved me. Cause he didn't leave you. He didn't leave me. And if he had to, my grandma would come. My dad would come. My my bonus mom would come. Yeah. So it was like, all right, okay, okay. he ain't leave me. I could breathe. Oh yeah. But then that went left. Um. <laughs> in the midst of my depression, um, a lot of things went down, and mm-hmm. so, um, I think. Everybody deals with grief in different ways. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm a person that clings to people when I grieve. Mm-hmm. Um, he did not cling to me in his grief. He sort of went the opposite way. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, um, <laughs> I didn't know some things were going on with me. So... Um, he had death, and then there was no death on my part. I I had um I had life. Yeah. And um when he sort of disappeared, it sort of took me to a a dark place because at this point I realized I love you, and I don't fall in love easy. Because I don't like people. <laughs> yeah. But I liked him. I li- I did more than like him, but I liked him. Yeah. And I expected him to be there. Yeah. And then he wasn't. And so on top of being sick and trying to get myself back together, he disappears. And, oh, God, I was doing some of everything trying to, to make myself feel better. That was my rock bottom, like drinking. Yeah. Um, now, some people being they rock bottom for a long time, mine wasn't for long. Okay. Um, and even still, I was very functional. Okay. Um, I would go to work, come home, drink away my troubles. I could go through a fifth of liquor by myself. Good guy. And one in one night. In one night. Just sitting there. Just sitting there. Playing my little sad music. Don't listen to Tony Braxton <laughs> when you're depressed. God. Doesn't work. Don't do that. She take you there. Don't listen to busting out nobody car windows. Jasmine Sullivan, I love you, but you shouldn't have did it. Um, yeah, I would sit there and drink myself to the point where 
I just black out, um, get up in the morning, go to work. Mm. I did that for probably a month, month and a half, maybe the longest. And I was like, okay, Lexa, you're not dumb. Mm. The drinking is not making you feel any better. So stop. Oh. And I did. I was going to my doctor's appointments and my doctor was like, you need to, you need to talk to somebody. So she sent me to my therapist. Wow. And that's how that happened. Yeah. And I was suspect. Now, I was raised by my daddy, mama, grandparent. You don't really want to tell people your business. <laughs> yeah. I already knew. I was like, I'm going to need a sister. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Can't talk to Rebecca <laughs> about my problems. She can't relate. Been through a lot. Can't do it. Um, but my therapist was actually real cool. Yeah. And so I was like, wait, it's easy to talk to you. Yeah. Because I feel like you a homegirl. I'm paying you. <laughs> Might have been cheaper for me to go get that fifth of liquor. <laughs> And just talk to one of my girls, you know. <laughs> that would have been therapy enough. But nah, um, I love therapy. Yeah. Um, it made me realize that I want crazy. Interesting. So did you feel like you were before therapy? I felt like I was a little emotionally stunted. Um, because before... This great love I had, I was not a person that felt normally. What I mean by that is um, I was a very angry individual. I was very bitter. I rarely cried, though. Mm. So um, I feel like that built up. But I was like, shoot, whatever. Everything was whatever. Mm. Um therapy made me realize that um I'm actually a very soft person. Yeah. Um, which is probably why I was raging out when stuff went left, cause I couldn't show that soft side. When you live in the city, see, North Carolina's a whole different beast. Yeah. When you live in the city, you ain't speaking to everybody like, hey, how you doing? No. You already on the defense. Mm. You you don't do all that talking. Um nah. Mm. So yeah, I'm very sensitive. Um, I love extremely too hard. I almost love to the detriment of myself. Mm. Which is not good. I know better, I don't know how to stop it. Um, I think I was made to love someone else. Mm. I do love me, but I could get so immersed in it that I will. It feels stupid, but it feel right at the same time. So it's mm. like a, a battle. Um, yeah. I also realized that the anger that I had was justified. Um, a lot of times when you're growing up, 
people don't really pay attention to how you feel. So um, you learn to brush off other people's feelings. Like, don't nobody care about my feelings? Why should I care about yours? <laughs> yeah. Um. So, yeah. Yeah. And I realized that my attachment style was like, I want to cling, but I'm still preparing myself for that, that shoe to drop. Yeah. So it's like, I can't connect like I really want to on a, on a deeper level because I need to know that if I tell you everything, you're not going to hold it against me. You're going to stay. And if you're not going to stay, I'm not going to, I'm not going to put my time into it. <sighs> but Lexi, you don't, you don't know if they're going to stay or not. So eventually you have to take the risk. I get that now. Mm. I get that now. But it was a time. So before you wouldn't even take the risk. Um. Or you would just go in with your guard up. Guard was always up. If you if you stay ready, you ain't gotta get ready. <laughs> yeah. What? What you want? Like, um, I only truly left let my guard down for that one person though. Ooh. Yeah. Is it back up now? Yeah. Do you think you'll ever put it down again? Most definitely. What will it take? Um like-mindedness. Mm. Um security. Mhm. Um Somebody that's just all in. Mm. You can't you can't be half in, half out. I can't do the wishy washy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. How will you know though that they're all in? Well, have a few things. I mean, let's be real. Any relationship you get into, you see the red flags. Facts. You ignore them based on how much you like the person. So I think I'll just be a little slower, even though, honestly, my, my, my past relationships, I never jumped headfirst into anything. So maybe just a little slower and being a little bit more vocal in the beginning. Mm-hmm. Because at this point, mama ain't got time. Yeah. Ain't got time for the inconsistency. What is it that you want? And I know that a lot of men will be like, well, I don't know what I want. I want to go with the flow. I'm good, love, enjoy. I'm good, love. Like, mm -mm. that means you just want to play. That means you just want your cake and eat it too. You ain't with that. No, not at this point in my life. I'm getting old. Yeah, yeah. I don't have any children. Like I'm ready to to settle down, but yeah. I'm not in a I ain't in no rush. But come on, Jesus, <laughs> come see about me. Like I'm ready to have my person. I'm ready for all mm. the love that I have in my heart to to have give it. To go, yeah. yeah, yeah. So, are you okay with the wait? Mm. I hate the word wait and patience. 
<laughs> Why you hate him so much? <laughs> okay, so check it. My friends, I swear to God, yo. When I pray on their behalf, stuff just jump for them. It just almost instantaneously. And so I find it strange that when I'm praying about me, things don't move like that. And I'm like, yo, I talk to God sort of rough. Like, gee, <laughs> bruh, I know good and well. You hear me because you moving for my girls. You moving for my dudes. What about me? What I do? Come on, help a sister out. Give a nigga a sign. I just need a sign, Jesus. What what you doing? Is it cause I didn't fell off in my consistency? Like I be I be really like, yo, yeah, I went through a season where I was mad with God. Mm. Like, you not hearing me, sir. Mm. When I knew the right stuff to do and I was doing it, you still ain't. You still didn't move, sir. So where you at? So now that I'm half-stepping, it's really funny, though, because what make, what made me think that if I was doing the best that I could and God didn't move, that he was going to move for me when I was half-stepping? <laughs> like, that makes no sense. But somehow in my head, I was like, yo, I'm doing what I want to do. Oh. So now let's see what you do. Mm. And he literally was like, I pit. Let me do it. And I was like, okay, this don't this don't feel all that hot. This this don't feel good. Mm. And I knew I was slipping when I would do and I felt nothing. So I was like, okay. I ain't trying to be disconnected. Let me let me change some things cuz you know. That conscience be eating you up. <laughs> when your conscience stops eating you up, baby. You was lukewarm, sure. He didn't spew out. I can't do that. Let, I'm coming back, God. I'm coming. Let, let me let me get my affairs in order. Don't need you snatching me out this world before yeah. I get my my stuff together. Wow. Yeah. So, even though you don't like patience mm -mm. and don't like waiting, mm -mm. are you better at it now? I have no choice but to be better at it now. Because now that I know what I want and what I need, I can't be um, wasteful. Ooh. So good word. Yeah. What does it mean to be wasteful? I can't do things in interim. So I could I could have me a little friend, yeah. a little whoop de whoop, <laughs> little sneaky link, <laughs> side nip. I could have it. I have a boy. <laughs> but why? Mm. What's the point of that? I don't want a placeholder. Yeah, like I need who's there for me. Like I need that. And I'll tell you another word that I don't like. 
was really a sentence. You're going to be a great wife. I hate it. <laughs> Why do you hate that hate phrase it. for? I hate it. <laughs> Funniest thing, when I was in my season of depression, mm-hmm. every man I dealt with in the midst of my depression it's like you're gonna make a great wife even my ex told me you're gonna make a great wife and it bothered me because at first I thought it was being shady I ain't gonna lie I was like what you mean I'm, I'm trying to be your wife what, 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 like why are you telling me I'm gonna make a great wife we us togetherness nah so in niggerish form, in the midst of my depression, you know, I had me a few friends, and um, all of them was like, yo, you're going to make a great wife. And I was like, God, I feel like you're trying to be funny, because every time I turn around, somebody telling me that, yet yeah, ain't nobody wifed me up. <laughs> I had friends from the past. I ain't seen in 10 years. Like, man, I should have married you. <laughs> it's like really you found that out 10 years later okay didn't feel seen mm. so it was weird to me that all of a sudden I'm going through this deep depression and everybody's like you're gonna make a great wife you're gonna make a great wife and I'm like I'm already a wife where he at like it's obvious I'm already a white. Y'all doing the confirmation. <laughs> I got so tired of hearing it. Like, it got to the point where I heard it so much, I just started rolling my eyes. Like, I bet. Hmm. But the crazy thing is, they were doing you a favor to not go that far with you just because of what they already knew. Because they would have been doing you a disservice. They tried. Okay. Mm-mm. What was your response? Um, <laughs> this goes sound so thuggish. <laughs> so, in the midst of my depression, um, I knew there was a particular guy that um had his eyes on me, right? So, we had all we always sort of talked, but we weren't on no relationship type stuff. So in the midst of my depression, I was like, hmm, I need a body. So being an adult, I had the conversation with him. Look, me and my dude going through some stuff. We not together. I just need a placeholder. That's how I know I can't do placeholders. Mm. So um, it was cool, but it won't cool because my heart was still somewhere else. Mm-hmm. So... There was a time when, you know, stuff was about to pop off and I cried. And in my head, I literally thought I was cheating. Which was ridiculous because I was single. I was free to do whatever I wanted to do. Yet my heart was like, nah, he ain't it, sis. Mm. So... Had to cut that off because he started really falling for me. Mm. And I was like, but do you not remember the conversation? Like, sir, 
I can't, I can't love you. We can make it work. We both going through some things, but no, you're clinging to me and I can't cling to you. You here for a good time, not a long time. That's it. Had to cut that off. To this day. Still trying to get back. No, thank you. I'm good. I can't do it. Yo! So no more placeholders? No more placeholders. You sure? For sure. How long has it been since you had a placeholder? Mm, Almost six months. Okay. Uh, So in this six months, what have you been doing to prepare for the one? Hmm. Focusing more on me, finding what it is that I like, what I need from a significant other. Honestly, I had to get some distractions, which is how I ended up doing the play. Mm. Um, some healthier. Yeah, because drinking, I love me a good drink. Don't get it twisted. But drinking to access, I I couldn't do anymore. So um, I had to find some some better coping mechanisms. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, drinking felt like a good one. Sex felt like another one. Because at least you feel good while you're doing it. If you're not, what you're doing it for? <laughs> um, yeah. Um, I started to think about my fertility because um, I was not a person that wanted children. Um, Then I fell in love and I wanted children. So why didn't you want children at first? Afraid of repeating cycles. Yeah. Um, Because my mother was so abusive and mean to me. Um, Growing up, and actually to this day, um, I was very worried about the bitterness and the anger that I had and and passing that along. So because of that, I did not want children. Um, And then I thought I would have been married a little younger, so as time sort of sped up I was like oh well I didn't want to be a teen statistic didn't have to worry about that not realizing that either way whatever age you end up being a statistic anyway like you could be a young mother you could be an old mother <laughs> still a statistic they're still looking at it um yeah. so I fell in love and when I fell in love I said one won't hurt but then I don't think he wanted any more children. Um, so that stuck a fork, really a knife, mm. steak knife, <laughs> in my um in my so called dream because mm-hmm. I didn't want children with anyone else. I wanted his children. Mm. I thought the love that we had would make a beautiful baby. I mean, I dreamed about this baby. Um, 
But then I had some circumstances that led me to believe that something was wrong with me. So in the midst of me trying to focus on me, I went to the doctor. And um, the doctor's like, ah, you're 33. I don't think nothing's wrong with you, but we'll run some tests. It's like, okay, got a doctor that's listening to me. Rebecca listened. (laughs) You know, I was like, all right. Get my test results back. And I realized that it probably won't be easy for me to have children, Um, which saddened me. Um, Basically, what she told me, she told me straight up, she said, if you want some kids, you need to do it now. I said, how? (laughs) How am I going to do this now? You mean now, now? Or you mean like six months from now, now? Or do I got a couple of years? She was like, no. You need to make a decision like in a month. Oh, a month? <laughs> Who making a serious decision like that in a month's time? Like, really? Yeah. Like, you crazy. She was like, well, you could freeze your eggs. You could get a sperm donor. Um, but you don't have six months to figure this out because for your age, you're supposed to have this amount of eggs. You have half of that. I was like, Really? So I did a lot of crying because I said I've wasted time. But then again, had boy kept it a hundred from the jump jump, it probably wouldn't have, it wouldn't have lasted as long as it did. Mm-hmm. Um, but looking back, he made certain comments that should have clicked. Not necessarily a red flag per se, because he definitely had the right to feel how he felt, but he wasn't 100% with it. I realized that some men, I'll never put all men in a box. Um, Some men will say, not right now. I don't want this right now. That means no. Mm. If you can't hold your mule, don't give it to somebody that don't deserve it, now. Nah. Please don't. You don't know he out here sleeping with everybody. Don't do it. And you gonna do it because it feel good. Why? Because he got a big thing thing or something. <laughs> that ain't, that ain't. You know how many men folk around here? Never mind. I'm just. There's plenty of fishies in the sea. If you enjoyed this clip of Be For Real, you can watch the full video. Just head over to RXS Entertainment YouTube channel. You can also listen on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Just type in B-E-F-U-H-R-E-A-L period. Why do you think they don't just say no? Baby, they ain't trying to lose you. They don't want you to go anywhere until they're ready for you to go. So it's like a, I guess some people would say soul ties. Some people would say stronghold. Some people would say thorn in the flesh. I feel like um, he probably had some abandonment issues too. So that's probably something that connected us. 
Um, yeah, he kept saying, well, I don't want any kids right now. And I mean, I was in my late 20s when we started dating. So I was like, oh, shoot, you ain't got to worry about that. I don't want none right now anyway. I was like, oh, match made in heaven. Mm. 31, 32, 33. I'm like, oh, all right, I think I want one. I even brought it up like, so doctor says if I want any more kids, any more kids. He had four. I claimed them. Oh. Um, if I want any kids that you know I need to to do something about it now silence yeah so now I'm trying to figure out if I'm going to do this by myself or if I'm going to wait which is that word that I hate um, I don't know there there is so many things that factor into freezing eggs or using the sperm donor. I mean, because essentially what I'm doing is setting myself up to be a single parent, which is something I never planned on ever doing because I lived in this fantasy that um, I'm getting married we going to get a house. we going to have kids. We're going to live a comfortable life. We're going to vacation a couple of times a year. Mm. I'm not saying that's not going to be my story. It just hasn't happened yet. Mm. Oh. So you've had to learn to be content with the fact that it hasn't happened yet. <laughs> I don't know that I would use the word contentment. <laughs> what is it? it's just like oh well what what can I do what can I say yeah because I will I will tell you right now that I am not content Mm. Um, I'm not however life continues so it's almost like you have to like I've been doing all my life I push through Mm. gotta keep moving keep on moving don't stop no (laughs) um I can't focus on things because I'm an overthinker. Okay. And if I keep replaying it and replaying it, I'll be back depressed. Mm. So I've got to keep it, keep it pushing, you know, find things to distract me, things mm-hmm. to do. Um, and I mean, my brother has a bunch of kids. <laughs> He's got five. Mm. Um, my sister, she has two, and my baby sister has one. So there's no lack of children. There's plenty of children. They're not mine. And that's something that bothers me. Yeah. But such is life. Yeah. Have you um, spent, since you did the play, mm-hmm. with all that you've said, have you find yourself leaning towards or away from singing? Towards it. Okay. Towards it, most definitely. But I want it to be fun. I don't want it to feel like work. Um, and why don't you want it to feel like work? 
because it takes the joy out of it for me. Um, I have friends that call me the human radio. I know all songs. It doesn't matter what genre. My favorite is the seventies era though. <laughs> Ain't nothing touching that. Yeah. Um, so um I want to feel there's the, almost an adrenaline rush that I feel when I'm listening to music and when I'm singing it. My grandma used to think I was doing drugs because I would get my headphones. Back then, we had the little desktop computer. I'd get in front of that thing, and I'd be rocking it. What's wrong with you? Leave me alone. I'm in my happy place. Yeah. Um, I wanted to feel like that. I do understand with the play, though, that you can't get that without the process, which is annoying because that's another P word I don't like. Yeah, and that's what I was going to say to you, like, Knowing the process of being an artist <laughs> is work. It's like, I don't think you can, if you decided, okay, I'm going to pursue being an artist, you mm-hmm. cannot escape the work. Yeah. So is that why you haven't put out music? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I have a bucket list. Okay. So it was definitely on the bucket list. Okay. Um, to to make some music, but with music for me has to come inspiration. Okay. And before the play, I was not inspired. Um, and to be completely honest, the play put a fire under me, but it's a low fire. So I'm gonna need it to. I need some more inspiration, mm. which means I probably have to try some more things to see what what it is that I really want to do. I do know I want to do an album. Yeah. I do know that I would love it to be like a neo soul type of vibe. Yeah. Everybody thinks I want to sing church music. I do not. I do not want to sing gospel. I love the Lord, but no. Okay. I don't want to do gospel music. I will I don't mind singing like church music with with other people, but me specifically I'm not doing the gospel album. Why and why would you go away from gospel? Why why would you what made you choose Neo Soul? It's me. Mm. Now, if you know music, you know everything comes all, from gospel. Yeah. But what? you mean as far as expression? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I have a little swag. Yeah. Little jazzy thing going on, yeah, with, with the voice box. So, yeah, I, I'm not a hooper. Yeah, I'm do all that hollering, which is, <laughs> it's nothing wrong with it. I love it. I love to see people that do that, do that. But that's that's not me. I've always been a little flat footed singer. Like that's what I do. Yeah, which is funny because even having that part of Dina in the play, you know that's. Roughly based off of Diana Ross. Yeah. Diana Ross didn't do all that. Yeah. Diana prance around that stage. A little bit sachet. <laughs> Give them some, be a little flirtatious, and she sing her daggone song. <laughs> That's what I want to do. 
Yeah. That's it. Yeah. Like, you know, and I, it's deeper than that. I do understand that. But still, like, at the core of me, I just want real music. Mm-hmm. A lot of the music that comes out now, I don't necessarily feel like it's real. Mm. Everybody sounds alike. Mm-hmm. I don't like that. And I also don't like the fact that the young people, and I'm saying young people because I know I sound like I'm like, oh, oh, but. My soul is old. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Um, they don't realize that everything they're listening to has already been done. Mm-hmm. You they might be tweaking it a little bit, but I've heard that. Like yeah. prime example. I'm listening to ghetto boys. Uh-huh. I love the ghetto boys. And um my mind's playing tricks on me. And my siblings was like, no, nah, he they stole that. They stole that. Who did it? I don't know. Was it? Uh, I think Kodak Black had uh-huh. did it. And I was like, come on. I have done y'all a grave disservice. <laughs> you can't believe that the ghetto boys stole something from Kodak Black. <laughs> what sense does that make? So I played them the song. And then I was like, oh. Nothing new up under the sun. Right. I want to find something new mm-hmm. something that ain't been done before mm-hmm. i'm not trying to bite off of nobody else's sound i'm trying to be alexa yeah and if i can't do that authentically i, I won't do it and mm. l- like i said earlier i don't do nothing i'm not good at mm. so i wait yeah yeah it's amazing how many songs are really old and people don't know yeah it's a lot of that, them. that i mean it's ridiculous yeah it's getting crazy yeah like you are you even getting paid <laughs> for making the music yeah. like you you can't because them rights gotta be going to the other folks you're wasting <laughs> your time you in the studio biting people beats <laughs> you gotta give them 75 percent of the credit you not making nothing now, if it's just because it's something you enjoy doing, go ahead. <laughs> I enjoy doing it, but I don't want to do nothing that's already been done. Yeah. I don't want to be different. Yeah. I don't have to be. I'm already different. Can't you tell? <laughs> I'm different. Yeah, I'm different. So at this point, you have not lost um, the desires for all of these things. No. But you just waiting because you ain't got no choice. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But really? And that sounds so depressing. Like, that is terrible, yo. She waiting because she ain't got no choice. The, the thing that I have realized is that time goes on regardless. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's better to do something than nothing. Mm-hmm. Um, I do my little research on stuff, you know. I, I think I'm doing the the root work right now. I got to lay down my my foundation, cause you know, you have a shaky foundation, then you start doing something and it ain't right, then it fall down, and then I don't need any more reasons to be depressed. A sister already is waiting. 
I, I can't take any more um, big blows. Mm. So do my groundwork. There's so much I want to do anyway. And when I look at the the whole scheme of things, there's too much for me to want. I was like, can I really do it all? Mm. Can I have it all? I don't know. Mm. I'm not sure. And I also wish that, I guess that's where the spouse would come in for me because of the life that I have lived. I don't want to go without in order to chase the dream. What I mean by that is I don't want to be hungry. <laughs> I don't want my lights to be out. I don't necessarily want to have to live with anyone else to make my dream happen. And that might be the spoiled part of me talking. However, comma, the life that I have lived, I know what being hungry feel like not doing that. So if that means that I have to do something that I don't want to do to make sure that I get me a meal, I'm going to do that. Will that put a pause on my dreams? Yeah. Hmm. But I have to do what I, I have to do. I'm waiting for the day where I get married and my man is like, you got a year. <sighs> do what you need to do. You're going to go crazy, too. Man, I'm going to be doing some of everything. <laughs> sign up for school over here. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to be in the studio. <laughs> be climbing mountains and stuff. <laughs> Bungee jumping. <laughs> Yo, I'm going to be doing something. Because I don't feel like I have a cushion. Mm. I if If I don't do it, there's no one there to to pick up my slack and i mean future husband i'm not using you i'm gonna love you and i'm gonna do like i'm supposed to i got your back i'm gonna support your dreams too but i found in my past relationships that i will support my man's dream and forget about mine mm. and now that i've been through my therapy and stuff and just coming to a realization that I shouldn't have to put my dreams on hold to help you get through yours. Why we can't do it together. together. You support me. I support you. Yeah. Absolutely. There has to be a balance. Absolutely. And if there's not. Come on now. Not checking the I can't the do it. Got to. <laughs> no more placeholders. That is good. Let me tell you something. On all levels of life. Being intentional about not having placeholders, that's heavy because we do that. And mm -hmm. whether it's a side piece mm -hmm. or a temporary job or... Uh... Even your friends. <sighs> Y'all, we be using people. We be using people. Now, some people do it intentionally and some people don't, but we all do it. I, I, I need it to be known that we all do it. Because, you know, why would you have a friend that doesn't profit you anything? If they don't help to, to add something positive to your life, why would you have them? I don't need no new friend. <laughs> My friends are very top tier. They're top tier. And because I already have this thing with people, I choose my friends very strategically. 
And I'm not ashamed to say, if you're in my life, I'm getting something from you. Now, I hope that it's reciprocal that you're getting something from me. Whatever that is, whatever that entails, I hope that I'm pouring into you in some type of way. Because if I'm not, cut me off. Because mm. I'm not going to have a conversation if you're not doing that for me. I'm going to cut you off. I'm going to ghost you. <laughs> not ghost. <laughs> they had that dirt show. Uh, Why did you ghost me? <laughs> Come on, Really? Come on, because you weren't adding anything to me. Mm. I will be no one's trash can. And I have realized over the years that I have been a lot of people's trash can to the point where I can't hold your stuff in mind, too. So everybody is benefiting. I saw something on TV where the man was like, she's using me. She's using me. She wants me for my money. Baby, everybody being used, it's about if you know that you're being used or not. Mm. And it also depends on how you look at the word use. Because there's a positive. There's a positive use. Yes. And there's a negative use. Yes. We all got to use each other for something. Yes. I wish there was a better word for it. Some people say it's networking. Still using somebody. <laughs> What's another word? Uh, I don't even know no other word. Mm. <laughs> Benefiting from each other. Yeah, benefits. Um, that's a good one. That's a good one. Good job. <laughs> um, Them the only ones I know, though. Uh, I don't have time to think of other words, but I know. <laughs> I know some. Yeah. Yeah. Everybody uses somebody. Mm-hmm. It's sort of sad when you look at it. But perception is everything. Yeah. 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 So you find the good in it. Yeah. And you and you you connect to people where it is beneficial. Yeah. The yeah. use is healthy use. Healthy use. Because I think the healthy part about it is when you know. Mm-hmm. If I know that a person wants something from me and I can help and there's no ulterior motives, there's no nastiness involved, like it's clear, I got you. Mm -hmm. But don't come sucking me dry. <laughs> and I think you want one thing, you want another. Oh. Can't do it. Can't do it. I won't do it anymore. Yeah. Yeah. But you got to you got to be aware. Mm -hmm. A lot of people are aware, but they blind. It's like they got blinders on. I realized I was a whole lot smarter when I was a little bit younger. Um, Based off of the decisions that I have made as I got older. Example. Back in the day. I was the cutoff queen. I still do it now, but it's some more thought put into it. Um, I didn't take no mess. But early 20s, whoo, baby. 
you did one thing, you was out next. But as I got older, I started holding on tighter. And when I held on tighter, I realized that I should have just let go. It would have been better for my mental health. Just let go instead of holding on so tight. So before we go, what's up? Tell me one story mm-hmm. that changed your life forever. <sighs> okay, check it. Because of the life I have lived, I have never really, until maybe in the last three or four years, loved anyone unconditionally. Like, because I was so ready for people to leave me. Like, I didn't, I hate I hate to say it out loud, but I ain't love nobody. Like, to the point where I didn't love family members in the way that I should have. I was like, oh, they're going to leave. They're going to be gone. Um, so, once I started feeling... And then I realized, like, yo, I got all this love to give. Like, where has this been? Oh, I hated crying, too. Hated crying. I cry every day now. Mm. Which I don't think is necessarily healthy. But (laughs) it's not for a long time. Back in the day, uh, I would cry for days. That was crazy. I was dehydrated everything, yo. Like... Like, that's if I cried. Yeah. Because I was very stoic, like, carrying the weight of the world on my back. Um, But, yeah, get it back. Um, When I realized that I could love and love for real, like, that was very pivotal for me. Mm. Um, Which also made me feel like, dang, yo, you really been around here crazy for real because how you don't love nobody? (laughs) You don't love nobody. I would say it and didn't even believe it because we have this thing in my family where when we talk to each other, when we get off the phone or we leave each other's presences, bye, I love you. Mm. Uh, came from my um, my parents, well, my dad and his mom. I had an uncle that passed at an early age. Um, never got to meet him. And um, when he died, they started the bye, I love you because you never know when it's your last time that you're going to see someone. So I would say I love you out of habit, not because I meant it. Be like, okay, see, bye, lady. Mm-hmm. Bye, lady. Mm-hmm. Don't bit mo. Love them folks. So now that, now when I say it, there's a real meaning behind it. It's gotten to the point where I don't even have to say it. Mm. I feel it. So my bias, my bias be different. Cause it's I feel it. Just to know that it's possible. Just to know that even in the the abuse and the feeling left out to just rot. Yeah, I can love. Mm. And I can love properly. And I can be okay, even to the point that if I don't ever find 
that love that I've been searching for forever. Baby, I'm going to love me. That's, that's, that's all you really have. Of course, for my religious people, we got God. I know that, you know, he never goes without being talked about. But in this in this physical body, you have you. You can't hold your breath and wait on another person. You got to hold yourself down. So, yeah. Unconditional love, for sure. For myself first, to other people later. Thank you so much. No problem. Um, you didn't have to be transparent, but you were. Huh? Trust me, there was. I didn't want to get to, to talking and start telling people names and stuff. I, it could have got real, real. You did. You a need great to job. have a Roger after dark. Because <laughs> that get into the nits and the grits of the thing. Cause baby, I make a shit of that. I make a. I have some that. stories, Alexa. After dark. Oh yeah. No, nah. I told you if I ain't gonna be good at it, I'm not gonna do it. <laughs> All right, y'all. This has been another episode of the RXS podcast with Alexa yes. Ray. We out. Peace.